Amen, amen. Jesus will surely outshine them all. What a day, glorious day that's going to be. And if you haven't made, amen, that decision in your life, my prayer is today that you will make it. Whether you're here with us or whether you're watching by social media today, the greatest decision you'll ever make in life is to give your life to the Lord. Christ be saving Lord of our life. That's what it's all about. That is the crux of it all. That is the foundation of it all. I'm so glad as I've shared many, many years ago that I gave my life to the Lord and I've known many that have given their life to the Lord. Sometimes we can get caught up in the in the religious parts of it all. And there's nothing wrong with what we do. God has called us to be the church. But when the church becomes the foundation and Christ is not, we've got problems. Jesus, Jesus is the answer. He's the reason. Don't matter how many times we speak in tongues, how often we prophesy. Nothing wrong with those things. What does matter? Do we know Jesus? Do we have a relationship with him? If you have a relationship with him, I believe by the Holy Spirit, you'll experience these things. Baptism of the Holy Ghost, sanctification, drawing closer to him and dearer to him and knowing him is the author and finisher of your faith. How many know him as the author and finisher of your faith today? For me to live as Christ, as Paul said, and to die is gain. As I live, let me live for Christ. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Acts. I want to share with you for a few moments from the Word of God. I was sharing with my brethren earlier that uh, normally, and uh, not that this hasn't happened before, but normally there's just a flood of things that roll through my spirit and I'm able to sit down and things just pour into me and I'm able to put it together in the form and a format of an outline and to study by it. And of course, you know, by the time I get here and I begin to preach it sometimes, you know, and oftentimes that outline gets pushed to the side. And, uh, but it's something to study by. And, uh, but then sometimes God just, he just speaks to my heart and says, just take what I'm giving you and don't think too much on it. Just, just trust me. And that's what he's done today. In Acts chapter 4, I want to read first four verses there. Then I want to share with you for a few moments from a thought. When you have it, say amen. Let's stand as we read God's word, if you will. Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the evening. However, somebody say however. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the writer said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in it, somebody say in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want to preach from this thought. However, thank God for the however in my life. Thank God for the however in your life. Thank God that when we're going through seasons of struggle and trial and tribulation, we find a God that will insert a however in your circumstance or in your situation. I want to preach on that thought today as the Lord will speak to our lives. God, we love you. We're grateful today for your love for us. Father, we ask you to draw us nearer to you today. As we've worshiped you, Lord, I pray many from our hearts, from the depths of our hearts, God, in adoration unto you for the goodness of God in our life. Lord, today I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. God, that you would speak to this servant. Lord, that you would speak to the hearts of this congregation today, those that are watching, Lord, by social media as well, that, Father, we would have a renewing and a refreshing take place within our hearts and in our lives, that you would be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Look at somebody around you and say, however, now I can sit down. Praise the Lord. As I was searching the scripture and searching the heart of God that he would speak to my life today that I could share with you, I came to Acts chapter 4 and he spoke these particular verses to me. All he would say is, go there and trust me. As I began to read, that word, however, stuck out in my spirit. And I've thought of oftentimes of good things that were happening and then however, yet something negative would take place in seasons of my life. And then I also thought about how that there were seasons, many seasons in my life that bad things were taking place, negative things, challenges, trials, and then however would be inserted into my life, I would see the goodness of God begin to be expressed and manifest in my life. How many knows today that the Lord loves you that much? Amen. And he just wants to express his goodness to your life. And as he inserts the howevers, they make a difference. They make an eternal difference many and oftentimes in our life. Sometimes they make a difference temporally. But we understand that in the midst of uh, this particular scripture, we find the greatest uh, reason for the insert of the however on the other side of this particular word. When the Bible said many of those who heard the word believed. Don't you know that we need some believers again? Amen. We need people that believe in more than society and, and carnal living and, and government and structure. We need people that believe God again, amen. 
that will believe his word again, that will believe in Jesus Christ. We need people that believe that things don't always have to be the same that they've always been. We need people that will need to truly believe that things can be better than they are right now in your life. We need people to believe that God is a God who will insert a however in your circumstance because he has a grace that he desires to bestow in your life. He's not a God that just wants to save you. He's a God that wants to take care of you in the midst of it all. As I begin to see uh, this particular scripture, I had to go all the way back to chapter three uh, as the Lord would speak into my spirit uh, concerning the, the circumstances that led up to chapter four. They were very important and, and in my mind, they were very, uh, very exciting. Uh, they begin to give us insight to things that are very important in the life of a Christian, but also the life of a believer. How many could say today that I once was lost in sin, uh, however Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above, but just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. How many could say that you have known what it has been like to be lost and undone without God? However, you found the grace of God inserted in your life and it changed your life forever. You were born again. Amen. You were saved. Somebody shout, thank you, Lord. I was saved today. I know him to be my salvation. It wasn't just a prayer I prayed. It was the fact that I understood and believed in who he was. He was the son of the living God. He wasn't just a good prophet. Amen. He, he wasn't just another, another man that God had anointed to go and to preach and to teach in the, in the midst of, of life. He was the son of God. He was born of a virgin Mary. And I kind of remind somebody today uh, that he was the only one that was ever born of a virgin, Mary. Come on, somebody. He, he was born of the Spirit of God. She became pregnant not because of, of the seed of man, but of the seed of God. The Bible said that when she received the word, the Holy Ghost came upon her. Jesus was, he is, and will always be the only redeemer that is qualified to take you from a place of lost condition and transform you in the however and make come I come to tell some, he's the only one qualified today to take us from that place of destruction and to save us because of who he is because of what he's done. But we must go all the way back to get a, a full understanding of what's happening here in chapter four because we, we got to have something that is worthy to believe in. We've got to have something that is worthy to put our faith in. Many are putting their faith in the things of this world. Many are putting their faith in the things, amen, of life. David said it like this, he said there were times that some would trust in horses and some would trust in chariots. He said, but we're gonna trust in the name of our God. Uh, there are people today that are trusting in all kinds of things. There are some today that are trusting in what you look like in the mirror more than you are the God that saved you. Don't get mad with me, let me preach. 
We're trusting about more about what we got in our bank accounts than we do in heaven's account. We're trusting more about our status in society than we are the grace of God that saves us. I want to tell you, just as well as you may have been risen up to high places in life, it doesn't take but one moment for that however to take you down to a place where you recognize you need God and him alone again. You need Jesus. Amen. You say, preacher, why would you say that? Because I'm telling you that In this life, we have trials, but we serve a God of however. We need something to believe in. We need to understand that there are many today that are believing in things that are irrelevant. But according to scripture, we must understand the Bible said that when we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. When we seek heaven, amen. There are times in our life when the enemy would love us to seek everything but heaven, everything but the Lord. Would love for us to trust in our abilities rather than his grace. Would love for us to trust in uh, the the circumstances and become uh, settled in those things. I come to tell you it's time to realize that God may, may never change, but he's always a changing God. And what that means is he, he, his word never changes. His sovereignty never changes. But he changes circumstances and he changes lives all the time. So we must understand that as we look back, we, we find that there are people that get conditioned to stay in the same place that they've always been. They don't want to change. They don't want to move from that circumstance. For whatever the element is or whatever the situation is that they've learned to put their faith in or trust in, we see an example of this in chapter 3. In chapter 3, we see the example in a man whom the Bible said was lame from his mother's womb. It was a circumstance that could not be changed by doctors, absolutely. It was a circumstance that medication could not change, absolutely. It was a circumstance that was was probably such a struggle for him in his life, maybe in the ongoing years, learning how to adapt and how to adjust, and and yet here he is, and everybody around him, amen, knew who he was. They knew his condition, and the Bible said that they would come and they would carry him and lay him at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of those who entered the temple. This was what they did. This was what he did. Every day, the same old routine. Every day, the same old thing. He was lame and the circumstance was lame. Amen? It was sad. Come on, somebody. How often have we found ourselves doing the same old things And after we've done them for so long, we've got conditioned to them or we're going through them for so long, we get conditioned to them. Rather than seek some kind of grace of God to move in that circumstance, we condition ourselves to just continue to allow that circumstance to define who we are. And it becomes lame. After a while, it becomes old. Amen? Oh, Jesus. He was a beggar. Every day, every day, that's what he did. 
Now the scripture does not declare, and I believe this to be the case, that in this particular moment, he was ever a worshiper. He wasn't worshiping, he was just standing by the gate begging for alms. He wasn't leaping and praising God. Even I want to tell you something, you can be crippled and still give him glory. You can be handicapped and still give him praise. You can be going through circumstances that are insurmountable that seem like there's never no way you'll ever get out of it and you've been conditioned to it. But I come to tell somebody that when God gets inside of you that there's a praise that will come out of you. That when God begins to move in your life things begin to change. But he is begging. He is going through this over and over and over again and all of a sudden at the ninth hour of the day the Bible said about three o'clock in the afternoon here comes Peter and John. They're on their way to the temple to pray and here's this lame man who's done this all his life. They've, they've done this every day. They've laid him at the gate called Beautiful. He's doing the same thing. He, he's just begging. Will you please give me somebody? And all of a sudden Peter, who is a man of God, how many thank God for people of God today? People that hear from God. People that are walking in God. People that hear in the spirit. People, I come to help somebody understand today that you can get just as near to God as your heart desires to get and you must draw near to him amen and begin to hear his voice and allow God to speak through your life in the moments of your journey because Peter was this man, John was this man, he was going to pray and all of a sudden this man just began to cry out, lame man in the condition, he wasn't looking for any change, he was just looking for somebody and then Peter began to hear him crying out. He said, listen, I need some help. I need some help, sir. Before you go in that temple, give me some help. And Peter's mind went directly to the spiritual side of his life where he was in connection to God. How many knows that God can speak directly to you a word that comes in power, that comes in manifestation, that comes in grace, that comes in glory. Come on now, we don't just come to church and sing amazing grace and serve a powerless God without a word that can change a circumstance, without a word that can pierce the heart of the broken and set the captive free. Every Sunday we ought to come in with an attitude that God may not only save, but he has the power to heal. He can heal my knees. He can heal my diabetes. He can heal my heart. You mean we believe in that? Yes, I believe we believe in that. My Bible tells me it's so. Our doctrine tells us it's so. I'm telling you, it'd be hard to worship a God who didn't have enough grace to fix the brokenness of the soul or the brokenness of any state of your life. He's a merciful God and Peter knew this. He didn't reach in his pocket. He reached into his bucket of faith and began to speak what thus saith the Lord. It wasn't Peter's words. It was words from God today. Amen. Pastor Woods preached a message. He preached for many years. The message he preached the other day, it wasn't words that he come up with. It was words from heaven. Give me words from heaven, amen, that speak into the heart of the broken. Peter, looking down at this man, begins to obey the Lord. He said, listen, silver and gold have I none 
but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church, in the name of Pastor Gardner, in the name of Stephen Furtick, in the name of Smith Wigglesworth. No, 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 no. In the name of Paul, in the name of Matt. No, he said in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, he said, rise up. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now he had a choice. He could either determine in his mind that it was easier to fill his pockets with donations from the crowd than it was to obey God. Or he could rise up and walk. Now I'm going somewhere with this now. This man was here for a long period of time from his birth. However, Peter came by and he cried out for help and Jesus showed up. In other words, Peter may have been walking by, but the Lord was the one showing up. Come on now. It was Jesus who was about to turn this situation around. And little by little, he began to hear what Peter said. I don't know what moved him. I've tried to talk to lost people. I've tried to talk to people that, that, are, that are going through seasons in their life and people that don't know the Lord as their Savior. Sometimes it's difficult. Have you ever talked to them before? Sometimes it seems like they don't want to hear anything. I've, I've prayed with people before that were sick. And, and in their mind, they just kept saying, well, this is just my lot. This is just the way it is. This is just the way it's going to be. I'm telling you I'm going to have faith in God's sovereignty and I'm going to have faith until I draw my last breath. As long as there's breath, there's hope that anything can happen at any moment. Maybe Maybe he was satisfied with this. Maybe he was satisfied being right where he was at. No, he wasn't because he didn't reject what Peter said. He began to hear what Peter said. I come to tell somebody it's time to believe again. It's time to have faith again. It's time to walk in the faith of God again. He began to hear what Peter said and he had faith and he began to rise up and the Bible said he didn't just get up. Amen. He rose up. His ankle bones began to receive strength and he didn't just get up and walk away and find himself somewhere in a hole hiding. The Bible said Said his ankle bones began to receive strength and he began to leap. He began to leap 
and he began to praise God. Why? Because I, I had been in this condition for a long time. All my life, I've never known what it's been like to walk, but you ought to understand that God just put a however in the midst of my circumstance. And you better believe I'm not just gonna walk, I'm gonna leap, I'm gonna praise him. You don't know what he's done for me. Parallel this to a situation in your life as we go through this message. The however's God sins are however's that are transformation, that will bring transformation to your life today. However's in this moment that would cause a man to be free indeed from a circumstance that nobody could free him from. Peter couldn't do it. Stoneville can't do it. Your pastor can't do it. But the Lord of all that, he can do it. Peter was going to pray and this moment took place. There were many that did not understand, that did not know what had happened. All they knew was they saw, they saw this man who was once in this condition and had been there all his life. They knew something was up because he wasn't in that condition anymore. But how many understand something today? The word of God is important. You can't believe on just a miracle. Can't do it. Miracles happen all the time. You need the word of God. Miracles one day are gonna cease. They're gonna cease. But God, his word will stand. You need more than just an experience. It would have been foolish for Peter to just say, well, you know, walked by and told him I didn't have no money. I just told him to get up and walk in the name of Jesus. Well, what does that mean to people that don't understand? They need the word to understand, right? They need to be told. So, so what happens is you got a bunch of people asking questions. <clears throat> They're excited. The man's jumping up and down. He's leaping. He's praising God. And some of them are starting to get the idea that it was Peter that done it. They're looking over at him, trying to size him up, figure him out. Peter comes out on Solomon's porch and the crowd is gathered there and he begins to take an opportunity to turn their vision from one place to another. And he does it through the word of God. He doesn't walk out there and say, well, man, I tell you, look what the Lord has done. That's great, that's wonderful. Nothing wrong with praising God. But he knew that wasn't enough. See, many of them knew Christ was crucified. Not all of them believed that he had rose from the dead. 
They were still struggling with the scribes and the priests and the Pharisees who, who had him killed, who did not want him to be preached. They were listening to that. They were under all this influence. And here is Peter who knew Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He knew Jesus to truly be the Son of God. He had been in the upper room. Some of us need to get out of them lower rooms and head back to the upper rooms. He had been to the upper room. He had been saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and God had anointed him for ministry, and yet here he was on the porch. It wasn't time to play church. It wasn't time to, to, to try to put something together that sounded good. It wasn't try, time to try to get the attention on the moment for Peter's fame or fortune. It was an opportunity to preach Jesus Christ because they could have believed that that miracle happened because Peter was there, but the biggest thing that they needed to understand was and place their faith in that it was not Peter, it was Jesus whom they had crucified. It was God whom they had rejected, the one that he had given, the, 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 the chief cornerstone. They had rejected him. Why in the world would you want to reject him who has the grace and the love to change your life, to turn circumstances around? Why would you want to do this? People are doing it every day. But, but Peter began to preach to him, said, oh, let me tell you something. Why, why are y'all looking at me? I'm just going to preach in country terms. Why are y'all staring at me like that? As if I did this in my own power. <laughs> he said that one that God sent that was crucified on the cross, Jesus, Jesus, if ever a miracle takes place because somebody laid their hands on you, all they did was obey. It was Jesus that brought forth the healing through their life. They were just obedient vessels. This is all Peter was, an obedient vessel. You want to walk in, in, in God's grace and in the power of God, get, get, get behind, amen, the Lord and just begin to find yourself falling again in surrender toward him and understand he is the reason why you can do the things of God that you do. The reason why I, I'm able to do what I do, which I don't think much of it, but I give God praise for it, is not because of my ability, it's because of Jesus today. If I pray for somebody and they get healed, I didn't do it, Jesus did. And I've seen folk healed. I'd like to see a whole lot more folk healed. But there have been times when it's happened. I'm grateful today for the God who still heals, who still delivers. Peter said, listen to me, y'all gotta understand, I'm not the one done this, but the one whom you had crucified, Jesus, the one you rejected, he's the one that has caused this to take place. 
And how many know today that on that porch there were 5,000 souls that were about to get a however in their life because Peter didn't draw attention to Peter. He drew his attention to God. He drew attention to Christ. There were 5,000 lost souls that the Bible said would become believers. They're not going to believe just because you got a good choir. They're not going to believe just because you got a, a good program or a good Sunday school class or a halfway decent preacher. Come on, somebody. They're going to believe as they hear the word. Through song, the word through sermon, the word through teaching, the word through witness. See, if truth be known, I'm, I'm going to stop right here and I'm not chasing rabbits. I'm just going to jump off right here a minute because I've got to say this. I feel the Holy Ghost. It's sometimes we should be more sharing the word than we are pumping up the prime of doubt. In other words, you may have somebody that, that needs your godly advice. They're going through something. I've heard Christian people, I'm going to give you an example. I've heard Christian people, Christian people now, say this. They get in the flesh. Don't you know that? Christian folk get in the flesh. That's why Jesus said, walk in the spirit. We got to walk in the spirit. But for Christian folk get in the flesh. And so they, they, they would try to be giving advice to somebody. Well, you know, so-and-so's been bullying me. Well, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd knock them out. broken home, husbands and wives going through trouble, struggle, things that could be fixed if the right person got involved and, and gave them some encouragement, gave them some wisdom, gave them some God. Oh, I don't blame you. I left him too. Sorry, scoundrel. Christian people. Y'all give me another hour. Christian people. When we ought to be taking opportunity to share Jesus, to share spiritual insight, no matter how we may feel on the carnal side, our spirit side should be how we're walking and how we're living because this is where the flow of God to move through our journey brings the howevers in and uses us in those moments. 5,000 people didn't know the Lord, but Peter began to share the word. How is that important? Because by the time Peter got through, they believed. It angered those who had other agendas. But God had a reason for that meeting that day. There was a reason for Peter to go into that temple and for this man to notice Peter on this day and to cry out to him. And there was a reason 
for Peter ending up on the porch a bunch of, among a crowd of people who didn't understand fully what had taken place until Peter preached to him. When Peter got through preaching, the priests, the scribes, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, they all came, they were, they were disturbed, they were upset. Why? Because it had, had taken away their agenda of belief, what they believed. They didn't believe Jesus Christ. They didn't want him preached. They wanted to continue on being the religious people they were, living according to the law, waiting on the return of the Messiah. When he showed up, they were looking for somebody besides Jesus. But listen, They were upset. They came and they apprehended Peter, arrested him. And this, this, this is Peter now. He's preaching Jesus. And, and this is one of those howevers that seem to have a negative turn. However, one minute he's on the porch free preaching the Lord. Next minute he's bound, he's arrested. But he's supposed to be a child of God. Why is he going through that? Because he is a child of God. Now, I want to tell you something. Y'all think y'all have something. I ain't being prophetic, but you think you've seen something? This generation we're living in, you better get rooted in God and put your faith in Him and get strong in Him. Many of us all our life been living, living life and living the good life, living the dream, America's dream. Peter and him didn't have it. All they had was God. Nothing wrong with the American dream. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching against it. I'm just saying anything that takes the place of your faith in God and skews it or weakens it, you need, you need to be careful. What's important is Peter went from one place that seemed to be a good place and now he's gone, however, to a place of arrest. What is significant into this? Because if you will surrender your life, stand with me if you will, if you'll surrender your journey to God, if you'll surrender your journey to God every day of your life, and you'll do what God desires you to do and let him work through your life. It, 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 preacher, I don't preach. I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be. But you can be a child of God that can reflect God's love and grace. And that is a witness to his life. You don't have to be a theological scholar to explain to somebody that Jesus is Lord, that he is the son of God. You don't have to be to tell them how he can save your life and change your life forever. However, sometimes comes in our life 
from a good situation to a negative situation in the form of God's love and grace. There's a song we sing. If you're in the battle for the Lord and the right, keep on the firing line. Part of that verse, one of those verses says these words that I remember every day of my life. When we see the souls that we have helped to win, are you winning souls today? Preacher, I, I, don't, I just don't, I'm just so busy, I don't have time to really, I, I want to, but I just don't have time. Are you showing the kindness of the Lord? Because if you're doing that, you're, you're helping to win souls. Are you treating people, are you, are, you, are you treating them with love? Or are you going out and running them down everywhere, talking about them, putting them out, putting them down because they don't, you don't like what they stand for? Whatever the case may be. If you can do something for somebody, you're helping to win a soul. Keep on the fire line. However, when we get to heaven, we'll be glad that we did follow him, that we did experience his grace, that we did find the however's not only from the good moments to the bad, but ultimately from the bad moments to the good. Peter preached. He was locked up. However, 5,000 souls were saved. What does that mean for me? Are you living your life in such a way that if however comes to your life, God's still going to get the glory. Does that make sense? Are you living your life in such a way that no matter what happens to you, God is going to be glorified in the lives of those that you've been able to connect with in some small way or some large way? Father, we love you today. God, I have shared what you had placed in my spirit and in my soul. I pray that you would let it go out and speak to the heart of each and every one here today. In some way, some shape, some fashion, God, that you would allow your word to transform our hearts, refresh us, renew us. If there are those in here today, someone in here that does not know Christ as Savior and Lord, I pray today is the day that they become a believer. That they'll begin to believe again that there is hope. That hope is in Jesus. And I'm going to believe in this Jesus and I'm going to accept this Jesus in my life. I need him. Maybe there are some, God, that have been serving you for a long time, but life, Lord, has just drawn them to a place of complacency. It's become a lame life to live. Lord, let there be a however in their life that will raise them up today from that place of complacency to believe in you again, to believe 
in your love and your grace again. Father, today there are lives that are on their way to hell. Let us be the church. There are lives, God, that right now, for, uh, for lack of a better term, Lord, I don't know how to say it, but I just feel this in my spirit that are more important than ours who've been saved in this, in this hour. Because we're already saved. We've come to know Christ as Savior. Not that we're not important, Lord, but those lost people, those lost souls, that's why Jesus came to save the sinner. Lord, help us not to lift ourselves up, up above the mandate and the reason Christ came. Help us, Lord. Let us be the church. Let us experience revival. Let us experience miracles, signs, and wonders as we become believer again. God, in your word, not just in your saving grace, but in the miraculous grace of God, help us, Lord, to be all you would have us to be. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. And amen, hallelujah, continue. She's going to sing, sing us out of here, amen. We are, we are going to say this, that may the Lord bless you, make his face shine upon you, and may he lead you as you walk out of these doors. And may you hear, and may you walk obediently. We love you, God bless you.